This is Dr. Stephen Lambert with a vital prophetic message to the church that Jesus is building in this last hour before the return of Christ. Welcome to the Real Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Lambert. In an hour when deception and apostasy is rampant on earth, the need for proclaiming the real truth has never been more desperate. Jesus prophesied, an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Proclaiming the real truth of the written and rhema prophetic word of God that he is revealing in this hour concerning the church Jesus is building is our goal. Affecting real change in the hearts and minds of believers in Christ in order to fulfill the purposes and plans of God is our purpose. And I want to begin this message with the reading of several passages of Scripture that are very vital and foundational to this message. I begin with Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. And in this case, I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of instruction about washings and laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. For in the case of those who have once been enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away, it is impossible to renew them again to repentance, since they again crucify to themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. For ground that drinks the rain, which often falls on it and brings forth vegetation useful to those for whose sake it is also tilled, receives a blessing from God. But if it yields thorns and thistles, it is worthless and close to being cursed, and it ends up being burned. But, beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you and things that accompany salvation, though we are speaking in this way. And then also in 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 2, in the New American Standard Bible, we see a passage that is 
very applicable to this prophetic message. And it says, but the Spirit explicitly says that in latter time, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons by means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron. And then also another very apropos scripture to this topic is found in 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 through 12. Again, I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. Let no one in any way deceive you, for it, and we'll see soon what this it that he's talking about is, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first. Then that lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. That is, the one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan, with all power and signs and false wonders, and with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. For this reason, God will send upon them a deluding influence so that they will believe what is false in order that they all may be judged who did not believe the truth but took pleasure in wickedness. Believers in Christ, members of the body of Christ, it is vital that we understand in these last closing minutes of the last hour before the return of Christ that we are living in an hour of gross and pervasive deception and massive multitudes who have, quote, a form of righteousness, but denying quote, the power thereof, end quote, of true righteousness is the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Godhead, whom those living in deception and apostasy unawares have denied, refused, rejected. Multitudes around the world today are walking in total religious deception, in which they are attempting to gain right standing with or relate with God or some being higher than mere humanity in their thinking. But Jesus rebuked everyone in every age who would attempt to connect to Almighty God the creator of the universe, 
through any other way but himself. Moreover, Jesus stated categorically and unequivocally that he and he alone was the way, the truth, and the life of God, and that no man, no man, no man, woman, or person comes to the Father except by and through him. John 14, 6. He also declared he is the door into the kingdom and fellowship with God, into the kingdom of God, and into fellowship with God. He, Jesus, is the passage way. You're listening to The Real Truth Podcast. Other episodes of the podcast can be found at realtruthradio.com. Reconnecting this with the starting point of this message, pressing on to genuine spiritual maturity is arriving at or obtaining as the final outcome, the destination, this genuine faith. But in order to press on to maturity, we, or one, a person, must leave the word of the beginning. You must leave it. Leave it behind. Oh, it's a part of our foundation. But you cannot camp out there, speaking only the word of the beginning, like a little baby. You can't go ga-ga-goo-goo your whole life. you got to leave that at some point. We must leave the word of the beginning, the word of beginners, the word of spiritual newborns and infants and toddlers and teenagers and adolescents and spiritually immature adults and move on to comprehend, apprehend, walk in the more advanced teachings, principles, purposes, and plans of God. Oh, did you hear what I said? We have to move on. We're required to. We have to move on at some point in our life to comprehend, apprehend, walk in the more advanced teachings, principles, purposes, and plans of God. That doesn't mean we abandon anything. It doesn't mean we abrogate anything. It just means we make that a part of our life and then we move on from there in order to advance into more spiritually advanced teachings, principles, purposes, and plans of God. It is now time that individual believers and the collective church that Jesus is building must begin to advance toward the accomplishment of the end times, purposes, and plans of God. This is the hour. This is the time, church. This is the day. The true church must now advance. We must now go forward. God is doing a new thing, as he promised in his word. 
he is constantly doing. And it is up to every genuine believer in Christ and the collective church to know, understand, comprehend what those new things are and begin to walk in and according to them. Listen to Isaiah 42, 9. Behold, the former things have come to pass. I will even make a roadway in the wilderness. Well, wildernesses don't have any roadways. That's why it's a wilderness. Doesn't have a roadway. But God said, I will even make a roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Again, deserts are deserts because they don't have any water. And they certainly don't have any flowing rivers. But God says he'll violate all that. He'll change all that. And he'll make rivers where rivers are not supposed to be, where rivers aren't normally. They don't normally exist in the desert. And God says, I'll make rivers in the desert. Hallelujah. God is saying there in this passage that he does not want us to call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. God is saying that everything of the past is just that. Past. P-A-S-S-E-D. Past. It's past. It's passed away. It's already past. Some things come in order to pass. You've heard the phrase, this too shall pass. Well, everything that is not fixed or set things in God's kingdom, things that are intended by God not to change, a prime example being doctrine, and the principles of the kingdom of God, so I'm not talking about any of those in this message, come to pass. Everything that's not fixed or set, things in the kingdom of God, things that are intended by God not to change, to be immutable, they come to pass. And there comes a point at which they are past, and they're passe. And the quicker you identify something that's dead or past away or passe, the better. I'm recalling at this moment when God spoke to Joshua in the first chapter of the book of Joshua. God didn't mince any words. This great man of God who wrote the first five books of the Bible, who did all the things he did, all the great miracles, had more miracles attributed to him than any person in the Bible, including Jesus. Not to say that he did more miracles than Jesus, but there's more recorded in the Bible that Moses did than what is recorded that Jesus did. This great man, Moses, the Bible says, there in the book of Joshua, God said to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Okay, well, that pretty well ends that. And God is saying, that era is over. Moses, my servant, is dead. Dead means dead. In fact, they never did find Moses' body. And God said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now rise up, he told Joshua. Get up off your knees. Now you go lead. We can't live in the past. Even when great leaders die, 
God always has other leaders to pick up right from there to lead. Everything besides the fixed or set things come to pass and at some point become things of the past, P-A-S-T, things of the past, as the Lord referred to them in this scripture. He says, do not call to mind the former things or ponder. We shouldn't even ponder these things of the past. And oh, how guilty all of us have been at one time or another of pondering things of the past. It does absolutely no good. And to be become melancholy and to be constantly thinking of the past and the quote-unquote good old days. Well, there's no good old days in the past. The good old days are the days that we have here before us that God is moving in. Behold, I will do something new, he says. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? God will make genuine believers who are intimate with him in and by the Spirit very much aware when he is, quote, doing something new, end quote. And when he does do something new, it is always now that it is springing forth. When you become aware of it in your spirit, it is at that time already springing forth. It already has been. Everything with God is eternal. He operates in the eternal realm because God is a God of the eternal. God is spirit and spirits are eternal and exist or live in the eternal realm. When you become aware of it, it is already, quote unquote, the new thing that God is doing. But it has already always been. Some of our English words fail us, even to say already, always been. Kind of makes no sense. But that's the way it is. That's the best we can do to describe it. Who can describe the eternality of God? Who can describe it? He always was. He always has been. Very hard to describe. By the time you become aware of it, it's the new thing that God is already doing and has been doing. Everything with God is always now. Like he talks about faith. Now, I love the scripture that says, now faith is, Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is. Faith is always now or it's never. Faith is not something of the past. Faith has to be something of now. Now faith is what produces now faith is productive faith. And when God is doing a new thing, the old thing has died. Yeah, we need to be that frank about it. You say, that sounds cruel. Not really. God said, "My Moses, my servant, is dead. All right? That's a pretty good statement of fact. And sometimes we need to understand the facts and know the facts and remove the emotion from it and just know the facts. I've always loved the Sergeant Friday way, you know, of Dragnet, Sergeant Friday. Just the facts, please, ma'am. Sometimes we just need the facts. Enjoying this podcast? Please take a minute to pray if the Lord would have you help us with the substantial financial burden of this program. We receive no grants or funding from any organization or government agency. 
and have no other means of support than the gracious and generous giving of our listeners. SLM Inc. bears the entire burden. In about 30 seconds, you can donate at paypal.me forward slash SLM Inc. Again, that's paypal.me forward slash S-L-M-I-N-C to give any amount. Thank you for your gifts, generosity, and graciousness. When God is doing a new thing, the old thing has died and is lifeless, which means it is non-productive, no longer able to produce. Something that is dead can no longer produce. It has no produce. It can't produce anything. It's dead. The blessed things are the new things God is doing. If God is doing it, it is blessed, which means it is fertile, productive, and produces, because that is the nature of Zoe life, the life of God. Productivity is a characteristic, an attribute, of Zoe life, the God kind of life. Zoe produces. Zoe reproduces. Thus, God tells us not to fill our minds with the things of the past. Don't ponder those things because they are lifeless and non-productive and cannot produce any longer. Oh, hear that. I'm going to say that again. Don't ponder those things of the past. That's why God tells us that, because they are lifeless. They are non-productive. They are dead, and they cannot produce any longer. Now, God wants you to fill your mind with spiritually fertile, productive thoughts and ideas and concepts and paradigms. That's what he means when he said in Isaiah 48, 6 through 8, I proclaim to you new things. I proclaim to you new things from this time. God's in the business of proclaiming to us new things. Now, again, I know some of this is foreign to your minds, to some people. But God deals in new things. That's what he deals in. Again, Isaiah 48, 6 through 8. I proclaim to you new things from this time, even hidden things which you have not known hidden things which you have not known. They are created now. They're created now. See, God's a creator, and he creates in the now and not long ago. They are created now and not long ago. And before today, before today, you have not heard them. Don't tell me you knew all about this. Don't tell me, oh, this is deja vu all over again. No, it isn't. When God does new things, you've never heard of it in your life. That's why we need the prophetic. That's why we need prophets. 
I'm sorry, you cannot take your Bible, go into your room, be by yourself your whole life and get everything from God that God wants you to have and God wants you to know. I'm sorry. I call it the Tom T. Hall principle because he wrote a song years ago, nothing against him, but he wrote a song that me and Jesus got our own thing going. Me and Jesus got it all worked out. Great song, but terrible theology. No, you don't have it all worked out. Because you can't work it out. You can't even know without apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers in your life. You've got to have the fivefold ministry ministering to you to know everything that God wants you to know. And the Bible makes that clear, and I can't go into that right now. Take up too much time. But there's so much that God reveals only, in fact, through apostles and prophets, it says. I can back that up with Scripture. And before today, you have not heard them, God says, so that you will not say, behold, I knew them. God's saying, don't you even dare. Don't you even think of it. Don't try to say, behold, I knew them. No, you didn't. You have not heard. You have not known. Now, that's not me talking. That's Almighty God talking. Where? Isaiah 48, 6 through 8. Get your Bible. Pull it out. Look it up, Isaiah 48, 6 through 8. You have not heard. You have not known. This is what God's speaking to you, not me. It's God speaking to you. It's vital to understand that the things he is proclaiming to you now are new things that heretofore have been hidden to you. That's what he said here. We just read it. Even hidden things, he says, which you have not known. Again, Isaiah 48, 6 through 8, read it. Things heretofore have been hidden to you, and you have not known them or known about them prior to this time. The now. You have not. Prior to today, he says, you have not heard them. You have not heard. You have not known of them prior to today, the now time. He is revealing them to your spirit by the Holy Spirit. You won't know these things in your mind or intellect. Oh, it's vital for you to hear me on that. And that is a topic for another time. You won't know these things in your mind or intellect, the things he's talking about here in Isaiah, in the passages we've pulled out of Isaiah. You won't know it with your mind or your intellect. You will only know them in your spirit, which is where the Holy Spirit resides and from where he speaks to you. So friend, there are some new things God is speaking about and revealing to the church that Jesus is building in this final hour before the return of Christ. They are end time purposes and plans of God that we have never known or heard before. And God is revealing them to us now through his messengers. Today, he's revealing them to us now in the now, today, the present. And the question God poses to you is, Will you not be aware of them? 
We have to be aware of them in order to fulfill them. These new things are the only things that will be productive and effective in this now time. Nothing else will work or be effective in these end times, in this final hour before the return of Christ to claim the church that Jesus is building as his eternal bride. You say, how can you speak so adamantly about such things? Because I know that I know that I know that I know this is God's prophetic word to the church in this last hour that he is speaking through one of his obedient servants who happens to be a prophet of God. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Real Truth. I'm Stephen Lambert. Please subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends, and visit realtruthradio.com to join our mailing list. Be sure to tune in to the next edition of The Real Truth. Until then, this is Stephen Lambert reminding you that with God, all things are possible and all things work together for good to them who love God and are called according to His purpose.